You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians Take 5. Had some microphone problems. Hopefully everything will turn out okay. Uh, There could be some background noise. I can hear fireworks right now. I'm not sure if that'll get picked up on the microphone. I know there's always a little bit, honestly, on mine just because of the recording environment. I am not in an area that is uh, modified for recording, let's be honest. Uh, If you don't know me, well, thanks for joining. I'm glad to have you listening. I'm Jeff Ellis. In terms of my Cleveland credentials, uh, I used to write at Indians Baseball Insider back when it was Indians Prospect Insider. I had stuff appear on Waiting for Next Year, The Cleveland Fan, Fox Sports Ohio. I believe that's what it was called when the Dolans owned it and they had their own channel. Uh, and a myriad of other sites, places around. Uh, then I went to work at Scout. Then I went to work at 24-7. Now I'm kind of a free agent. Uh, you know, I have the podcast but I do do some writing on the side at mlbdraft.blogspot, mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com when I get time. Uh, podcast, day job, and small child has certainly cut back on my writing. Let's be honest with that one. But I do have a top 34 draft prospects up if you did someone wanted to go check that out. Uh, so over on the Twitters, uh, I've had a few interesting interactions this week. I do love the fact Chuck Sowers uh, at Sowers331 called me out for being too negative of late. And the reason I love that is because his name is Sowers and he's calling me out on negativity. Not to make fun of your name, but I I do love, it's not really irony, but there is kind of a fun humor to that. Uh, Hopefully, Chuck, if you're listening, uh, that doesn't bother or offend you. So let's talk about the positives. Let's start there. In terms of the positives for the Indians, uh, they... It's been hard, okay? So to defend my negativity before I get into the positives, they are now two games under 500 since June. That is a huge deal because June was a cupcake. It was a cupcake schedule. It was not going to get any easier than that the rest of the year, and July is brutal. They needed to build up some, some room when July came. Instead, they've lost their first three games in July, first four games in July, and... That has knocked them below 500 because they didn't build up while they were facing the the easy teams. As a matter of fact, they've now lost eight out of nine. Uh, not an ideal situation. So your positives. Fran Mill's back. Zach Plesak is pitching in double A. And Roberto Hernandez is back. I, I, of those three, Hernandez is the one that least, or Hernandez Perez is the one that I am least excited by. I I don't know if there's a huge separator between Perez and Hedges right now with what we've seen. That's just my kind of view. If Framwell can get back, I mean, he was his he was arguably as good as Jose Ramirez was in terms of hitting early on in the season. He was doing an awesome job. It could be a huge addition for the Indians. Hopefully he, I know it was a rough debut, but hopefully he can get back in the swing of things, pun intended. Uh, that could be awesome for the Indians. Uh, there's a good and bad in the fact they have two all-stars. Uh, in a purely, purely mercenary view, it's a negative because all-star game appearances count to things like arbitration and stuff like that. Like uh, I have had people love and hate this take where uh, if your players aren't all-stars and they don't win major awards, it helps you as a fan because that's going to keep down arbitration and contract costs. 
as those things happen, it drives up price. That is part of what gets argued in those meetings. So if you want to be positive, you're like, hey, Bieber and Ramirez are all-stars. If you want to be negative, I mean, Ramirez isn't affected by it, whatever, but you're like, oh, well, if Bieber wasn't an all-star, maybe that would help make him a little bit better chance to negotiate a long-term contract with the Indians this offseason. Uh, it's just, it's the truth. Again, it's not the most popular view, but it's something that, I, you know, you can kind of look at different ways to, to look at things. And I think some people point it out. Like when I have mentioned this, it's like, no, that's a good point. Um, others have been like, why are you taking all the fun out of it? And I guess for me at the end of the day, my fun is always just production. The other positives, I thought Eli Morgan did not do a terrible bad, terrible bad, no, terrible job. And also Quantrell didn't like, let's get down to it. Uh, so who should we start with Morgan or Quantrell? What's the general view? That's right. You guys out there can't answer me. Let's talk Quantrell first, because that's the first box score I grabbed from my tabs. So he goes five and a third, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, and a home run. I don't know why he was out there in the sixth. I just don't. I understand you're building him up. But against this particular team, that seems foolhardy. (laughs) It doesn't seem like the best situation. I don't think he expected to go back out there. And promptly gave up the two-run home run. Uh, I don't know if the pen could have done any better. Uh, you know, there, there's some other positive performances we'll get to. But, yeah, it, and, hey, Brian Shaw had a game without a walk. Uh, we talked about that on the show last week, his issues. And, you know, extras was just a disaster. There's no reason to go into any of that. Let's just leave that where it is. But it was a another decent outing by him. Right now, you have the three arms you kind of trust and believe in that are all hurt. After that, who knows? But like Quantrell is making a case. Uh, Mejia had a rough start, but he is making a minor case. I don't know how much I believe in him. Hench has got to start. I don't know if he's making a case. But I'll tell you what, how, who made a case in that Friday game to for some positivity? How about Trevor Steffen? Two and a third perfect innings with three strikeouts. He seems to be getting more comfortable and better in that role. I'm not saying they should try him as a starter, because that wasn't necessarily where he was most successful at the Yankees. But... In this role, as a long man, as this player to come out and pitch multiple innings, he's getting better and better. Every time you see him, you're a little, you should walk away a little more impressed. Uh, tell me what you think. Do you agree? Disagree? Uh, are you starting to think, hey, this Trevor Steffen, I mean, he's legitimately doing enough that he's starting to get into that situation where if he makes six with the team this whole year, he has a chance to be the greatest Rule 5 pick in team history. That's how bad the Rule 5 is. You can go back and listen to my podcast on the history of the Indians and the Rule 5. Okay, so let's come back around to Morgan here. So Eli Morgan, now one and three. Five innings, three earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, two home runs, five hits. Again, against a rough team. But he's looking better with every outing. He's finding points. He is going to get hard, and he does have a very narrow... Um, I'm having a brain blank moment. You know, it, it's It's a very limited way for him to be successful. There isn't a lot, there isn't the big stuff that's going to allow him to make up for mistakes. He has to be very close to perfect. Uh, The margins are small, not narrow. Margins are small. I guess I could say margins are narrow, but he has to stick and be as effective as possible because when he makes a mistake, he will give up those home runs. Three runs is not bad for a starter. It's not a quality start, but he's shown enough to You know, we'll have to see. I think he'll continue to get reps, even as players get healthy. Because, again, we've talked about no one has really established themselves. And, 
You know, Bieber has not been sent for rehab starts. Plesak is still weeks out. So, I mean, honestly, Henches is the first guy out. You're looking at if Plesak's ready to go. Something like Plesak and Morgan and Mejia and Quantrell. And, huh? I don't know. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how they figure and space things out. Uh, They do have the advantage of the All-Star break coming up to give them kind of a big gap to get players healthy. But it wasn't a bad performance by Morgan. I don't know if he's going to be a fifth starter type or if he's going to be more that, like, sixth starter. Uh, hopefully at some point we'll also get a chance to see Scott Moss. Like Honestly, he was the sixth starter for this team uh, in a lot of people's eyes going into the year and just hasn't been healthy enough to do that. So th- those are the positives. I I don't see a lot of value in, like, really going back to this weekend's games. Uh, they were awful. <laughs> you get swept in a four-game series. That's hard to do. Uh, the last one goes into extras. Jose Ramirez with a hurt elbow. Can't play in two of them. Uh, yeah, it's about as bad as it can get. But we'll come back and talk about some minor moves around the Indian system. And our first terrific sponsor today is betonline.ag. Let's go over and look at the Bet Online Indians line of the day. Remember, when you go to betonline.ag, you want to use that promo code locked on to get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. 50%. So, tomorrow's game against Tampa, Logan Allen versus Rich Hill. Man, Rich Hill. It always boggles my mind when you see him still pitching. Unsurprisingly, the Indians are uh, getting the run in a half. Uh, the run line for each of those is at uh, minus 110. The Indians are not favored. If you think that they can beat Rich Hill, go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. To get your five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Remember, they're not just a sports book. I can go across the line here: live betting, casino, live casino, race book, poker, esports, contests, promotions, all sorts of things happening all the time right now over at Bet Online. Odds boosters, all sorts of stuff. Check it out for yourself. That is BetOnline.ag promo code locked on. Let's talk about the minors. So I always like to spend some time when players get let go. Uh, because I think it's, it's, you know, they put so much time and effort in every single player is interesting in their own right. Uh, so let's talk with one. I didn't catch when it happened, which is Jose Nelson. I was trying to dig out my 2016 scouting report on him when the Indians drafted him. Unfortunately, it seems to be lost to the ether. He was a really interesting player. He was at Clarendon college, which is a good Juco program. He was a cold weather guy from, uh, the Warren, Michigan area excellent athlete who put up bonkers numbers for Clarendon College. I want to say he got a six-figure signing bonus, so hopefully he saved and, uh, you know, saved his money. And it just didn't come together. In the minors, his highest OPS was a 689. He struggled pretty much across the board. High strikeout percentages, most of the years over 30 with a little walk, not a lot of power. It just wasn't there. He dominated the JUCO ranks, which the problem with the, you know, even when you are dominating the SEC, you go through a lineup, half those guys are never going to get to double A. You go down to JUCO, it's significantly less. And as interesting as he was uh, for Nelson, it just didn't come together. If he wants to keep playing, just based on the tools and what he's done, he will definitely get a shot in independent baseball. I thought he could be a potential steal in that draft. I wish him well, even though it did not work out for his time with the Indians. And then the other player that was released, this one was the one that I thought, you know, as I was doing my own research and digging, hurt the most. And that was Josh Roulette. 
Now, Roulette was a 39th round pick. So it's not like he was a high, high draft pick back in 2017. He was drafted to be a backup. He was drafted to be a backup catcher. When you go in the 39th round, that is what a team is drafting you to be. Uh, the reason this one stung, and I feel bad for him and his family, uh, previously too, you know, he's a guy who was an 18th round pick in 2015 out of high school. Uh, you almost wish he had just taken the big money there, as I'm sure he probably would have gotten a bigger bonus, especially when you're committed to Kansas State, a program that hasn't been the most productive. Though the Indians do like to draft from there. Will Brennan, I'm trying to think of else. There's been a few Kansas State players for the Indians. They must have someone in Kansas. Uh, I used to know one of their Missouri scouts. I don't know if he was the guy or not, but hey. So just going back around. Josh Roulette, okay, and why it stung was I, I read a whole piece about how his father was retiring from coaching softball uh, because Josh had been called up to A and the family wanted to travel and see him more. So that was just unfortunate to see because, I mean, Josh Roulette, or Roulette, or, you know, I probably butchering the last name, he just did what was asked of him. He, again, struggled. Uh, 219 average, 328 on base, 325 slugging, 653 OPS. The Indians have a lot of catching in system. He just, got a, he just got caught up in the numbers game. There's no other way around it. When they got rid of a whole minor league team, when there wasn't you know, a Mahoning Valley getting ready to start, they didn't need as many catchers. And as players got healthy, he was the one to go. It's the same thing with Nelson. Both of those players probably would still be around. You can make an argument that the loss of that minor league team is balanced out by the extremely short draft. So there's a good chance that Nelson would probably have been let go. Roulette might have still been here. But both these are players that uh, their time with the Indians has come to an end after quite a few years and trying their best. They were really... You know, when you're fighting on the fringes, that is a hard thing to do. So just, I thought it was great to see some other minor moves. Alex Call continues to perform. Uh, as I talked about him, still amazes me they got anything. Yonder Alonzo, former third-round pick out of Ball State, having a fantastic year in AA. Uh, gets the bump up to AAA, continued to hit. We talked about Petey Halpin on the show last week. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of saving the big one for last Uh I don't think I mentioned the Indians have one member in the Futures game. That's Bo Naylor. It's a little bit of a surprise of all the players, but it's always hard to find catchers. So it makes sense that he is there uh, as a catcher for the uh, the Futures game, uh, especially because with him being uh, Canadian, he can count on the world roster, I think, as well. But yeah, that's the Indians' only representative. He may not even be a top-five prospect for me, for them at the end of this year, so... He's a good prospect, don't get me wrong. Don't don't take that the wrong way. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, the other note that came, Anthony Ghost is going to go be in the Olympics for Team USA. It's kind of a fun thing. Good for him and his opportunity there. Uh, keep I'm moving through because I want to save the big one here. Uh, uh, I thought I'd somehow missed that Adam Scott got activated. Not, you know, actor Adam Scott, which seems to happen. Someone thinks it's funny to say that every time I uh, tweet about Adam Scott, the pitcher. But I've talked about how he was one of the guys I expected to start the year in Akron, how he is a Rule 5, would need to be added uh, as a left-handed starter. There's a chance he'd be selected. Uh, he finally is pitching. Another player was hurt, getting that opportunity to perform. It was great to see his name appear in the lists. Uh, Ty Freeman, hurt, 
put on the seven-day DL. Uh, Jose Fermin also hurt in uh, Akron, so they're down some players. But the big thing to check out, the player we have to talk about above and beyond the rest, is Logan Allen the Younger, or as everyone else wants to call him, Logan T. Allen. I guess I'm going to have to just give up on Logan Allen the Younger. That That is not picking up with anyone. So for those who don't know Logan Allen, uh, we've talked about him many times on the show because every time I have a guest on who knows prospects, his name comes up. He is just a player who everyone, you know, if you want, you ask for a sleeper, they mention Logan Allen. You ask for, oh, who's someone in that system that uh, people should pay attention to who maybe doesn't get the run? Logan Allen gets mentioned. So he was at FIU and, you know, he's been famous since high school. He could have been drafted out of high school. Two-way player at FIU and like legitimately a good two-way player at FIU. Uh, as a freshman, he had a 309 average, 390 on base, 388 slugging for 778 OPS. Uh, 2019, they cut back on that a bit. And of course, 2020, I mean, everything got cut back. But he was a, a guy who legitimately had that role and did well in it. Came in as a starter from day one, started thirteen or 12 of the 13 games he appeared in. And had you know strikeouts per nine over ten, a walk per nine under two, and just continued to play that way. So far this year in Lake County, he was five and zero oh in nine starts, a one five eight ERA. He had sixty seven strikeouts in fifty one innings, just thirteen walks, and nine earned runs. He had been awesome. The Indians are getting aggressive, that is for sure. He has been in the minors. You know, he he didn't pitch last year. So he, because there was no Myers, and I don't think he went alt site either. I don't recall that any of the draft picks went to the alt site. So he gets put in high A, which is, I talked about, that was kind of aggressive to put Burns, Hickman, and Allen there. And after nine starts, they're like, there's no point. Bump him up. It's gonna, it's a big jump, and we'll see how he does. I don't expect he'll be as good as he's been, but he's been amazing. He's looked every bit the crafty lefty with the above average change and the plus or no plus change above average curve, decent velocity on his fat. Like he's got more velocity on his fastball than Eli Morgan. There, there's some room for comparison between the two as they both have changes. Now Morgan probably has the better change, but Allen's bigger. He's more athletic. He's got better velocity. And it's interesting to see what he can do just focusing on pitching. This is the first season of his life. Let's not even say career. He's 22 years old, and this is the first time he's not doesn't have to think at all about his hitting at all. For the previous 21 years, when he was playing baseball, he had to think about both. Now it's just pitching. There's a chance for growth there. I had him rated higher than Tanner Burns in my uh, big board last year. That's, you know, I thought he was a fantastic pick. Uh, he was a player I gave a late first-round grade to. They paid him over slot in round two, or maybe they paid him exactly slot to get him to sign, and it's looking like a fantastic pick. So let's talk about, you know, we shouldn't have favorites when it comes to sponsors, but I don't think it's any surprise for anyone that I do, and it is Built Bar. Anyone who's been a long-time listener of the show was expecting me to say those very words at this very point in time. There's no other choice. Uh, it is a sponsor where this is a product I buy, it is a product I use, it is a product I love and honestly, everyone who has tried this product loves it as well. I've never had someone come back to me and be like, thanks for that. That, that I didn't like it. Everyone loves Built Bar for a reason. It's delicious. 
and it is good for you. It's the magical combination of something that you can enjoy eating, and it's going to be good for your body. So go check out Built Bar for yourself. Remember, when you go to Built Bar, you want to use that promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your first order. That's right, 15% off. That is the same amount that I get uh, when I shop at Built Bar. That is the discount that one gets as a repeat customer. And you're getting that on your first order. So go to BuiltBar.com today. So I realized I missed one more minor move, and I have to mention that's adding Wilson Ramos. Interesting from the perspective of maybe they assume Rene Rivera is going to find a permanent home or they just don't want to be caught in a situation like they were when Bo Taylor was claimed. Uh, they added Wilson Ramos, who's not really been productive since 2019. 2018, he was an all-star. There's a time you go from 2011 to 2018. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. So in 2011, he had a strong performance. Uh, didn't play a lot in 12 or 13 or 14, really. In 15, he was eh, but 16, 17, 18, two-time All-Star, uh, good performer. He's a depth player with uh, you know major league experience. We assume he will head to Columbus for the Indians. Just give them a you know more depth at the catching position. We talked earlier about letting Joshua Letta go. This is you know them wanting a few more players who can catch and be that uh, defensive presence for the team. So who's on deck for the Indians? Well, unfortunately, it does not get any easier. It is the Tampa Bay Rays. The one upside is we're not getting the good part of the Rays rotation. We mentioned that uh, on our betonline.ag uh, line for tomorrow's game that we're getting Rich Hill tomorrow, followed by uh, Drew Rasmussen is game three, and I'm blanking on who their uh, the in-between starter is right now. Maybe Michael Waka. Sorry, I'm having some uh, some sub issues over on my side with tech. But that's not, you know, the, the Tyler Glass now is hurt, and that's going to, of course, affect them. And they're at a team that was beat up pitching-wise. We had mentioned in the offseason they're a team that could use pitching, which might make them a natural fit for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Shane McClanahan, Ryan Yarborough, these are players that they are relying on with you know, they went out and added Chris Archer. He's not p- pitching. Yanni Chirinos, Tommy John, Josh Fleming, strained calf, partially torn elbow ligament for Tyler Glass now. Closer Nick Anderson, partially torn elbow ligament. Jalen Beeks, Tommy John, Oliver Drake, strained flexure. Colin Poch- Poche, Tommy John. Cody Reed, thoracic outlet. Chase Rowe, shoulder surgery. Ryan Thompson, shoulder inflammation. That is a lot. And then Brendan McKay, who, you know, was their first, their high first round pick, is just not gotten there for them he is not uh put together to be a starter uh as a starter and he was a two-way guy in college so uh you know what's going on with this Rays team how did the indians match up against the rays let's do our old reliable uh what people told me they enjoyed last year let's just go currently position by position looking at how these teams compare you know who is starting games who's been really effective over the course of this year and who hasn't been as effective? Uh, I was just kind of curious to see. Yeah, since they called up Wander, they have let uh, Wander Franco play, which is good to see, uh, as I was kind of expecting them to uh, find ways to limit his uh, at-bats. Because if someone, it, in fairness to the Rays, 
they have more infield depth than the Indians, and that might be the one team where that is the case. So let's start a catcher. Mike Zunino, I was not a big fan of them bringing him back. Uh, he's been good. Uh, he's had 18 home runs at the catching position. He has been the player that people thought when he was you know, a top five draft pick, where big power, low average, great defense, uh, definitely win, catcher, advantage, raise. Moving to first base, at first base, Jimon Choi has been the primary player there. Uh, he has only had 115 plate appearances. I believe there were some injury issues earlier in the year. And also he typically platoons, I want to say. Bobby Bradley has been really great since his call-up. I still lean towards the Rays in spite of how uh, Bobby Bradley has played just because Choi's got the longer track record uh, at the position and he's a better defender. And we've got two hitters that both have, uh, you know, Choi's runs created pluses in the high 120s. Bobby Bradley is almost 140, so he does have the offensive advantage. But I think overall I'm going to give uh, a little more experience the advantage in that matchup. Moving on to second base, Brandon Lowe versus Cesar Hernandez. Lowe was the former all-star who he's been a little bit disappointing for them this year. Uh, still worth 1.6 in terms of his war, a uh, little bit more than league average, which still, when you get right down to it, if I go over here, uh, Cesar Hernandez is about a one in war because he's been below league average still, even though he's had his ups and downs and he's doing like some things amazingly well, uh, he is still not quite there. So advantage raise. So they are three and O moving to shortstop. So shortstop, they have had Tyler Walls or Tyler, Taylor Walls, who uh, is now hurt, but struggled there. Uh, they caught up Wander. They trade away Willie Adames, who had the massive splits differential. Uh, they have such a short you know, record of data when it comes to uh, Wander. Let's see if I can pull up his overall numbers. I mean, he's only been up. He's had 10 games, 44 at-bats. He's, uh, he's struggled a bit in the early going. Still a nice walk rate, uh, unlucky bat pip. I'm going to give the Indians the advantage here uh, in this three-game series. They'll take this as some kind of long-term advantage. Purely for the next three games, advantage Indians. Uh, third base, if healthy, you would go with Jose Ramirez. The Joey Wendell, don't, you know, if you haven't paid attention, 275 average, 338 on base, 454 slugging. 108 war, second highest offensive war behind Zunino for the Rays. Seven home runs. He's having a really strong year for them. Uh, obviously, Jose Ramirez is having a better year. He just isn't playing right now. If he is playing, he has missed the last two games. Advantage Indians. So they have a one-spot differential heading into the outfield. Uh, left field, Randy Azaria, the uh, postseason hero. For the Rays, who, you know, he hasn't been at, he wasn't going to keep up his postseason heroics. We all knew that. Uh, but he has still been pretty solidly above average this year. A 109 runs created plus, uh, 10 home runs, 11 stolen bases. Defense isn't great, but he has been effective at that position. Playing left field for the Indians of late has been Eddie Rosario. Who's been a little up and down uh, over the course of this year? Has shown some better signs of life of late. Still, 
Uh, I'd rather have, and I think anyone would rather have, as a Rhea, as I can't say his name, advantage race. Let's just move on. So they are back. You know, they had a three-point lead, got it down to one, back up to two. Heading to center field, Kevin Kiermeyer offensively isn't doing anything, uh, which is kind of par for the course for him. Bat has never been his strong point. Defensively, he's starting to slip back a little bit. Cleveland Indians with Bradley Zimmer. Bradley Zimmer has a better runs created plus. Defense isn't as good, but I think he's got a higher overall war than Kiermaier. He does. Kiermaier has been so bad offensively. Advantage Indians. <laughs> Crazy, right? Uh, so it is still now back to one point lead, moving into right field. Right field for Tampa. Tampa has been Manuel Margot, who has been a little bit below league average. A uh, strong defender. Harold Ramirez for the Indians has you know, surprised the heck out of me. Uh, he is at a 110, runs created plus, below average defender. Been the Indians' fourth most valuable hitter by war this year. Uh, advantage Indians. So the Indians take two out of three spots in the outfield to balance out the infield. You move to DH. Franmil Reyes, when he was healthy, he was great. For a th- this next three game series, uh, you know, Austin Meadows with his 121 uh, runs created plus and everything he brings is going to be advantage raise. So they end up, we had things all tied up, came to DH, it was four to four, gives the raise the advantage. Starting pitching in this series in particular, uh, it's going to be advantage raise. <laughs> yes, the Indians are facing the starters I would rather face with, uh, with Hill, Waka, and. I'm blanking on the the third member off the top of my head, but it's not like the Indians are throwing anything particularly better in this one as I click around. Uh, Rasmussen, who they gotten out of Dame's trade. So for Cleveland, it's Logan Allen, J.C. Mejia, and Sam Henches, which is also not good. So yeah, advantage there. Bullpen for the Rays, though, has not been particularly stellar. Uh, Castilla has been a little bit up and down. J.P. Fire Eisen's been strong. Uh, he was the other part of that uh, trade they made. But this is a team that could use some bullpen help. Uh, if they went out and made a trade, I would not be shocked if that was what the Rays chase this year as we get closer to the deadline. This is a team that looks like a potential postseason squad. And they just you know, they don't have the horses in the pen, uh, if you want to look at it that way to really trust themselves, uh, I think, to be successful in the postseason. So that that's something just to back of your mind. Uh, so Penn balances out. Uh, still an advantage to the Rays overall, but not as big as one might have expected, uh, thanks to some of the players who are finally showing up for the Cleveland Indians. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All of those things help our little show grow. Let's get us in the top 10 podcasts on the Lockdown Baseball section. That's not hard. There's 30 teams. Let's get in the top one third. Need to help all the fans out there. Download daily. Have a friend download. Anything you can do to help the show grow is much appreciated. I have been Jeff Ellis. For the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.